One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I love cameos. All right, I love spotting somebody who I wasn't expecting and they just pop up in a scene and it's all good fun. I love them. And one day, one day, dear viewer, you will see me cameo in an episode of Star Trek. I don't really know how. I'm sort of relying on Chris to edit me into an episode. In the meantime, however, I'm Sean Ferrick. I'm here to be with you for Trek Culture. And here are 10 Star Trek cameos you probably missed. Number 10. Leonard Nimoy, Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. Okay, first thing off the bat, you're probably going, the movie is literally named after the man's character. How could he possibly count as a cameo in this film? And in a way, his performance in the film as Spock is, it's only really a scene long. So it wouldn't count as a cameo, you could call it an extended guest spot. But that's actually not what lands him on this list. So Nimoy obviously directed Star Trek III and as such he had a hand in the design of the beautiful USS Excelsior himself. Basically he signed off on Nilo Rotas' final design and of course there were several along the way but the beautiful great experiment is what we got on screen. He also managed to sneak himself a little bit of immortality thanks to the USS Excelsior's main computer and specifically in the turbo lift. As Captain Scott is wrapping up his little bit of sabotage for the evening and he's about to head off, he bumps into Captain Stiles, who is as arrogant as anything. Scotty then gets into the turbo lift and the turbo lift asks him, level please. And he says, you know, main bridge. Thank you, up your shaft. That's Leonard Nimoy he's telling to go up his shaft. Ooh, phrasing. Cool little cameo. Number nine, Tom Morello, Star Trek Insurrection and Star Trek Voyager. Tom Morello is one of the founding fathers of Rage Against the Machine. He's an incredible musician and he's also a big, massive Trekkie. When Star Trek Insurrection was in production, he contacted Rick Berman and asked if he could have a part in the film. Rick Berman, whose son was a huge Rage Against the Machine fan, said, sure. So Morello came down to set and got slapped into a load of sonar makeup to the point where when you see him, he is completely unrecognizable. Face is all pulled back. He's got that lovely little hood thing and the little, I suppose, skull cap for want of a better word. And you know, everyone's having a good time, especially Morello who said he enjoyed meeting Patrick Stewart particularly. He was almost a tiny bit disappointed that nobody could really recognize him. And so he asked if he could come back to Star Trek again. Again, Berman said, 
Sure, come on, more the merrier. He appeared in the Star Trek Voyager episode, Good Shepherd. He plays crewman Mitchell, and he does get a small speaking part when Janeway goes down to deck 15. First, she asks him how he is, and he says he's fine, and then she gets a little bit turned around, and he says, it's to the left. And it's a tiny little role, and it's just, it's just a nice little nod to get a big fan of the series onto the show, and of course it helps if you've got a really successful band as well, but hey. Number eight, Mick Fleetwood, Star Trek The Next Generation. This is one of the older cameos, if you like, that is on this list, and it's also a pretty well-known one as well. Having said that, if you didn't spot Mick Fleetwood, nobody'd blame you. Fleetwood plays one of two Antedians who are posing as delegates for a conference that Loaxana Troy is supposed to attend. Now, it's head to toe completely covered. There is no way to recognize the drummer and founding member of Fleetwood Mac. Apparently Fleetwood said he just wanted to be in Star Trek so bad he would do anything. And so they kind of tested that and they dressed him up as a big old fish. For some of the episode, he just kind of stands there in stasis, and then for another bit, he gets to dunk his head into a barrel full of anchovies. He also shaved off his famous beard to play the part as well, which was all just combining to prove how much he wanted to be in Star Trek. There was very little he wouldn't do. Number seven, Mark Leonard, Star Trek The Motion Picture. Now, look, it will come as no surprise to you on this channel that we are big, big fans of Star Trek The Motion Picture here. So that means that if you've been following these videos, you're probably well aware of the fact that Mark Leonard appeared in Star Trek The Motion Picture. Let's say, for example, that you didn't know that or you hadn't seen him originally and you might catch yourself looking for Sarek somewhere in this film and you would go on looking. Mark Leonard has had several honours in the Star Trek franchise, some of them being appearing as the first Romulan shown on screen, the Romulan commander in Balance of Terror, and he also got to play Spock's dad, of course, Sarek, beginning in Journey to Babel. In Star Trek The Motion Picture, he gets the honour of being the first of the redesigned Klingons that we see. When Star Trek effectively got a big screen budget, both the exterior and interior of the Klingon battlecruisers got themselves an upgrade. The D7 became the more detailed Ketinga class, and the smooth-headed Klingons of the 60s became the ridge-headed Klingons of the late 70s going into the 80s. And the captain that we focus on is Mark Leonard. He would appear in three more Star Trek films, but in those cases he was playing Sarek. So this is one of those cool little nods that shows exactly how much he's done in the franchise, but because of the makeup, you may not necessarily know that it's him. He also gets a little bit of an honor as well that he gets to speak the first Klingonese heard on screen, which was developed by James Doohan and producer John Powell. Number six, Bill Hader, Star Trek Into Darkness. Now, I will be honest with you, this one actually got me. I didn't notice this on the first watch of the film because you can't see Bill Hader in the film at all. You can only hear him. As most people will know, the voice of the computer of Starfleet ships in Star Trek was Majel Barrett up until 2009. She did appear in the first of the J.J. Abrams films. She did pass away before the film was released, but she did record lines for the film. Now, going into Into Darkness, she 
well, obviously, uh, she was not in this film, but also there was no use of the computer voice on the Enterprise in this film. There is, however, a use of the computer voice on the USS Vengeance. That voice is Bill Hader. Quite late in the day, J.J. Abrams rang Hader while he was in Las Vegas for CinemaCon. And he was in a bit of a bind and he said, look, we're, we're stuck, we need somebody to do a voice. Are you up for it? To which Hader said, yes. So he was driven really quickly to a recording studio in Vegas, did his lines, it got sent off and the film came out mere weeks later. So he did Abrams a favor and now he's been immortalized as the voice of the vengeance. JJ, I am available for favors if you need. It's no problem. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Number five, Jeff Bezos, Star Trek Beyond. Now, Jeff Bezos, as most people will know, was the founder of Amazon. So, he owns us all. And you know what? Fair play. But when it came to Star Trek, he was a massive Trekkie and was really, really, really hoping to get a part in one of the films. So at the time, this was before Star Trek Discovery was on the way, and it was that the middle time when there was only the Kelvinverse films. He continually rang J.J. Abrams and Paramount and kind of said, can I be in it? Can I be in it? Can I be in it? When it came to the third film, they capitulated. They said, yeah, okay, okay, no problem. To which he immediately went, okay, but I have demands. Basically, what he wanted was to be able to say something that was sort of essential to the plot, that it then couldn't end up on the editing room floor. So he was cast as an alien who's fitting the universal translator onto the uniform, and he says, speak now. Speak now is not essential toward any plot ever. However, it is essential that the characters understand what she's saying, and therefore, Jeff Bezos managed to have his demands met. Nicely done, nicely done. Number four, Adam Scott, Star Trek First Contact. Now, Adam Scott is probably best known for playing the lovable, slightly straight-edged Ben Wyatt from Parks and Recreation. He also played Reese Witherspoon's husband in Big Little Lies. Both times he wore a lovely 
very fashionable beard, one that I've been working on for a while. Back in 1996, this massive sci-fi fan actually appeared in Star Trek First Contact. What's more than that, he actually got lines in the film as well. During the Battle of Sector 001, the Defiant is finally tested against the Borg, and unfortunately, it's getting the unholy crap beaten out of it. The situation is dire, and Captain Worf decides that weapons are offline, shields are offline, but they do have engines. So, what'll they do? His helmsman is Adam Scott. So, while Worf is about to order the ship on a suicide run, Adam Scott manages to go, Whoa, hang on there, Captain. It's another starship coming in. It's the Enterprise. Git. Yes, thanks to Adam Scott checking his diagnostics and his tools, he sees that the Sovereign class is here and they're all saved, thus saving the entire crew. And as Worf was instrumental in saving the Enterprise against the board, I guess you could say Adam Scott saved all of humanity. Nice. Number three, Akiva Goldsman, Star Trek 2009. Now, Goldsman is, of course, hugely involved in the franchise at the moment. He's been writer and director on Star Trek Discovery, writer and director on Star Trek Picard, and he will be writer and director on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Back in 2009, however, he was not yet involved in Star Trek in any kind of production standpoint. What he was, was busy mates with J.J. Abrams. They had begun their professional career years earlier when Goldsman appeared on an episode of Felicity. He then went on to write and direct a few episodes of Fringe. So when he discovered that Abrams was gonna be directing this reboot of Star Trek, he rang up and yeah, he was like, hey buddy, you got a place for your old pal Akiva? So, when Spock has gone up against the Council for the Vulcan Science Academy, you can see Goldsmith there, sitting just to the left. He doesn't get any lines, but he's still been in more Star Trek films than I have. So, you know, it's fine. It's fine. He also came back for Star Trek Into Darkness, where he played one of the admirals at the very ill-fated meeting of... Wait a minute. Akiva Goldsman? and our very own Paul Sutherland have been in exactly the same number of Star Trek movies. In fact, they've been in the same films, and I've never seen them in the same room at the same time. I wonder. Number two, Iris Stephen Bear, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. For this entry, while the focus will be on Bear, you could literally name quite a few. You have Ronald D. Moore, you have Robert Hewitt Wolfe, You've got Casey Biggs, Jeffrey Combs. Any of these names basically qualify for this because after the Dominion War has officially ended, there's a celebration in Vic Fontaine's lounge. Now we get the entire main cast of Deep Space Nine are standing at the bar drinking champagne, but have a look at the faces throughout the rest of the room. This was more than just a celebration of the end of the war on screen. It was also a celebration of the end of Deep Space Nine off screen. Iris Stephen Bear is very distinctive in his big dark shades and his goatee as he's walking into the room and sitting down beside Colonel Kira and Constable Odo at this point. But of course, dotted throughout the room, these are all familiar faces. In a way, what you leave behind is one of the best finales for honoring the entire production. Endgame, all good things, you know, they're both quite strong in their own way. Um, we don't speak about the last episode of Enterprise. 
But this one really seems to put across the feeling that it was a family, both in front and behind the camera. So with Bear's appearance, and also with everyone else that was on screen, it wasn't just Cisco that was getting a toast. It was the production of Deep Space Nine. Number one, Harv Bennett, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. I don't think it's overselling it to say that Harv Bennett, along with Nicholas Meyer and Leonard Nimoy, are responsible for the Star Trek that we have today. When Star Trek The Motion Picture was released in 1979, it was a gamble. It, it paid off, although production costs kind of offset the box office returns. But the number one feedback was that it was boring, that it was dull. So something needed to change when it came to Star Trek II. Nicholas Meyer obviously came in and directed arguably one of the best sci-fi films of the 80s, let alone one of the best Star Trek movies. Harv Bennett was brought on as a producer and he also worked on the script. We know how that worked out. He then went on to produce and write the script for Star Trek 3. He came back for Star Trek 4 and Star Trek 5. He was in many ways massively responsible for getting the energy going in Star Trek again, which led into green lighting Star Trek The Next Generation and of course the rest is history. He appears on screen in Star Trek 5. He plays Admiral Bob, which is a great name for an admiral, the admiral who orders Captain Kirk and the Enterprise A to Nimbus 3. Now, it's a small role and, you know, if you didn't know it was him, you'd be forgiven for kind of just overlooking it altogether. But actually, it was a fantastic way of finally getting this man, who was so important to Star Trek in the 80s, on screen and to get him with a little bit of representation in some admiral's bars. Not bad. While he would go on to suggest story elements for Star Trek VI, it was actually Star Trek V where his partnership with the franchise parted. He went on for years trying to pitch a Starfleet Academy show, even after Enterprise wrapped, but unfortunately nothing would come of it. He eventually passed away on the 25th of February 2015, two days before Leonard Nimoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.